This morning, I want to talk to you guys about perseverance as I try to persevere through my message. Um, but first, I want to start with prayer, because that's how I like to start my sermons, <laughs> with prayer. So if you could just pray with me for a minute. Oh God, we just invite you. We know you're here, but we invite you. Holy Spirit, we say we need you. That words are empty without your spirit. That life is empty without your spirit breathing into us. I pray that every word would be filled with your spirit. That every word I speak that is from you would go straight into everyone's heart. Any word that's not from you would just fall away in Jesus' name. I pray that your peace would be in this place and that you would open every mind and every heart to understand what you have for them and what you want to say to them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> Who was here last week? Like most of you were. Garland's message was so good. I just loved it. Just, oh, the Holy Spirit is just such a good reminder how much we need Holy Spirit. Why are we meeting here together? Why are we doing this if the Holy Spirit isn't showing up and within us? It's all about Him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And when he fills us, he changes us, right? It's not just empty words that, uh, like the Bible, so many people get so confused when they read the word without the spirit of God speaking through it. Am I right? So his message I thought was so good because I was thinking about perseverance, to fight the good fight, to find joy, to have hope, to have peace. And we cannot have these things without the Holy Spirit. We can only strive to have those things. But it's the Holy Spirit's infilling that gives us the things we need to persevere. To persevere is to be steadfast in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So I was reading the Bible, as I do sometimes. And in Romans 12, 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And in 2 Thessalonians 3.13, and it says, As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Do you ever read these verses and you're like, that sounds nice. Like, that's such a great idea. I'm not going to tire of doing good. I'm not going to tire of doing what's right. I'm going to be faithful and patient. It sounds nice, but then you try to do it, like for real, okay? And I'm not the only one here that finds it a little difficult, okay? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, great. No worries. Be patient in prayer. <laughs> Got it. No. Um, sometimes, okay, so Moses. I can really relate to Moses, okay? I read about Moses, and he's one character that I feel like I get. Like, Moses delivers, with the help of God, delivers the entire nation of Israel. The Lord literally splits the Red Sea, and they walk through on dry land. And then what do they do for the next 40 years? They whine. 
whine. I can't stand five minutes of my children whining. He listened to them whine for 40 years. That is a perseverant man right there. That is a seriously perseverant man, am I right? Like, I can handle screaming from my kids. I can handle all kinds of nonsense. But when they are whining, it only takes so much before I reach here, my tipping point. So Moses, you know, I get him. Another character that I wanted to mention today that I feel like I can really relate to is Joseph, the most beloved of his family. Um, Amy may have tried to kill me a time or two. I was sent to a far foreign land, Toronto. And, uh, but I persevered. <laughs> oh, I persevered. All right, I want to tell you a little bit of my journey, okay, in Toronto, in that land, that foreign land where I learned a thing or two. So, me and John got married, and um, we're looking for an apartment, okay? And I feel like we were really believing for a great apartment at a low price in Toronto. And <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So we're, we're looking for something like that, and um, really believing. I wasn't making very much money at the time. He was in school. So our first apartment that we could find, um, we have nicknamed it the USSR because, well, first of all, it wasn't on a contract. It was probably like a red flag, like don't go to an apartment that's so cheap and there's no contract. There's probably a reason for that. So we're on this like this really cute street and we're at the top of our, the top of this house and there's like a hole in the floor beside the toilet or like whatever, there's a hole in the floor. Um, and it's this tiny, tiny little place. But, you know, we're just married. Who cares? We can survive a hole in the floor. We can survive this little stuffy place. Um, but sure enough, the landlady starts to act a little bit crazy. Um, we had Adam and Amy. They came over with Aslan. Aslan was just a baby. She was like, what, a year and a half or younger? And um, so they were going to spend the night. I don't know why we were like, yeah, come spend the night on our futon in our living room with your infant child. But they did. They came. And um, they left the stroller in the lobby because it's literally like just stairs to get all the way to the top, okay? And um, we're all chatting. Aslan is completely asleep. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we hear this banging on our door. And it's like 11 p.m. or something. 11 p.m. and banging. And she's... She's yelling at us. She's like, no children, no kids in this house. All right, I'm going to really butch, butcher this accent. <laughs> no kids. <laughs> and she's freaking out. And she's like, the baby's going to wake everybody up. It's going to wake everybody. And she's freaking out. And we're like, the baby's asleep. You're waking everybody up. And I think she was, like, paranoid that, like, they're living with us now. Like, I think she thought in her mind, like, this is only for you two. Nobody else can come, no visitors. And she's freaking out. And we're, like, apologizing to Amy and Adam. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're so sorry. Like, I can't believe this is happening right now. And then in the morning, Adam goes downstairs to, like, put the things in the car and the stroller. And she starts flipping out at him. Like, literally, he's coming down the stairs, and she's going like this. And she, give me your passport. Give me your passport. 
who are you? Give me your passport. She's like asking for his passport. We're like, oh my gosh. But I mean, the sad thing is it turns out, you know, she deflected from Chernobyl and um, was very paranoid that the police were going to come after her. So I don't know. She thought Adam might be the police. So you know what? All right, God, we were believing. It didn't work out. We got the heck out of that place. We're like, we're leaving. This is insane. Like, she's crazy. So we go to our next apartment. And this one is in Portugalville. So we call it our Portuguese apartment. And we lived, we found this really great place. I loved it because the windows were huge, right? Massive windows. I loved it. And it was above a Portuguese bar. Didn't think that one through. And... Um, Every night, polka music <laughs> and bar fights and shotguns sometimes. It was really, really great. And the heat, we kept going to our landlord being like, the heat doesn't work. It is so cold in this place. And she's like, I can't turn it up because then the rest of the apartments will be too hot. So we would light the candles from our wedding all of our apartment, light them all, and sit by the oven sometimes. And that's really dangerous. But we would, I would literally open the... <laughs> oven and sit and warm myself. And uh, there was a gun shooting. Some detectives came and we were like, you know what? We're going to leave this place. We're kind of tired of the bar, the bar fights and the polka music and freezing our butts off. So, okay, God, that's that place. Next, our next place was so wonderful. It was this two-bedroom apartment. We had just had Noah and, you know, it was perfect for a growing family. It was in a beautiful neighborhood. And then about how many months in? I don't know. Some, some months in, I noticed these little bugs. But I was like, you know, you get bugs here or there. It's not that big a deal, right? Um, and it was shortly after we got in this new used fridge. So we started to notice these um, bugs that the apartment had given us. And um, I'm reading Noah a book one night and it's an animal book, and it goes through all the different types of animals, and at the end, it has a bug section, okay? And it names all the bugs, and I'm naming them off to my sweet little son, and I get to the last one, and I start to yell, Jonathan, we have cockroaches! And he comes over, and I'm like, look! Because I thought cockroaches were like, like in India, like the big ones, but there is such thing as little cockroaches. Little ones. And I was so disgusted. I could barely live in my own house. And we started to notice them everywhere. And like their poop looks like coffee grinds. And so every morning, everything was covered in coffee grinds. Oh my gosh, I was freaking out. We talked to our landlords and they were like fixing it. They got, they like didn't want to go and call somebody. So they decided to do it themselves and leave like chemicals, just blobs of it around with our toddler son around. So we were really pressuring them like, this is not good enough. You need to do this right. And then they started to blame it on us. We are so dirty that we have cockroaches. And I was like, I know for a fact I'm one of the cleanest people in this apartment building, okay? So basically, we left because <laughs> that wasn't going to work out. And we had to get rid of everything we owned, basically because they get into every electronic, they get into wood, the crevices, like everything, and they're so hard to kill and so hard to get rid of that you literally can't keep anything or you have to like throw it in a freezer and like double bag it. I think that was one of the most stressful times of our lives. 
ever. <laughs> I'm surprised we lasted through that. That was so bad. Especially, you know, on top of everything that was school, like having a toddler that was like, could feel our stress, so he was like screaming constantly. So our fourth place was better. We did have to deal with sharing a balcony with a, an alcoholic who played a lot of Eminem music very loudly. <laughs> but you know what? There were no cockroaches, <laughs> and it was warm. So we stayed there, and hmm? it was too warm, that's for sure. Literally, when friends came over, we were like, wear a tank top, like layer up so you can layer down, because it's like Hawaii all the time. <laughs> So literally, that's what we did. And then, um, as you guys know, we moved to Kitchener, and God provided this home, and it has been a huge blessing, not without its own things that have happened, but we persevered. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so easy to think when you're Christian, like, I'm believing for favor, I'm believing for God's best for me, and yet we went through, like, Four horrible places. And I don't know how much of that was just like us doing a terrible job at like picking out places or just like being too poor to afford more. <laughs> but God, coming to God and giving our hearts to him over and over again, choosing to stay soft throughout all that. God taught us so much. He did so much in our hearts. And our journey hasn't ended don't you just wish you could just reach that place where it's all ended? You're like, I persevered and now we're good. Done. Not one more bad thing can happen now. I feel free. It's just not how life works, right? It's like, okay, well, this part of my life is finally good. Oh, now this part of my life I have to work on. Or no, now that's good. Now there's something else, you know? It's like with kids. It's like, okay, everything is good now. Our finances are good. This area of our life is good. And now our kids are screaming their heads off all the time. Why? It's like, I just want to break. We all live with imperfect humans. We all live in an imperfect world, right? We all have trials and tribulation. We all have stuff that we have to go through. And my, that story about our apartments, that was pretty light. There's some other deeper, darker stuff we've had to go through that I don't want to necessarily share all right now, maybe in the future. We all have stuff that sometimes we are up at 2 a.m., crying our eyes out. We are, we are in the midst of our pain saying, why God, why? Why me? I am trying so hard to cling to you. I'm trying so hard to see hope, but my heart is so broken, and I don't know where you are, and I so badly want to see you here and in this. I'm sorry. You know, Jesus understands our weakness. Do you know Jesus, like Garland was saying, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Do you know that Jesus couldn't have gone through what he did without the Holy Spirit? Do you know that? He was in the flesh. He wasn't a superhuman. He needed the Holy Spirit. When his best, one of his best friends stabbed him in the back, he needed Holy Spirit. When he went into the desert to be tempted, he needed Holy Spirit. 
when he was in Gethsemane and he was so anxious, he was so stressed out that he was literally sweating blood. That's how down in the dumps he was. He went to the Father. He went to receive the Holy Spirit's strength. Often when we think of perseverance, we think of trying harder. We think of reading more, doing more. We think of all the things we can do better, how we can strive. But the key to perseverance is not doing. The key to perseverance is being still and knowing. The key to perseverance is waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And he is with you, but it's taking that moment taking that time to rest and to wait for him to come. Taking the time to say, I need you, and just breathe in his presence. And that is in that place that he strengthens us. Like he strengthened Jesus before he went through the hardest time of his life. The Holy Spirit strengthened his spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to strengthen us because he knows we can't fight the good fight without him. Right? It's the whole reason Jesus came and the whole reason he left is that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell with us and be with us. In Colossians 1, 11 to 12, it says, Be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Not our glorious might. <laughs> his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Let's not work harder. Let's sit on our butts more. <laughs> I... It's easy for me to fall into doing more. I like to do stuff. I like to get things done. I like to feel useful, which is good. But I kid myself when I do it on my own, and I don't actually take that time to just wait and be filled with his presence and be strengthened. I get less done. I get more done when I wait on him because it's an upside-down kingdom. It's like you take more time with the Lord, and suddenly you're getting more done, right? So many Christians before have tried to do it on their own, and they have miserably failed. You even just read some of the revivalist stories. They start out so strong and end so badly, some of them, because they stop waiting on Holy Spirit. They stop drawing on his presence. They start to do it on their own ability. But we can't. You just can't. 
And that's good news, people. <laughs> that's really good news. I feel like some of you today have some really hard situations that you're trying to persevere through. And maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's something that's going on, relationships in your life. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it is some really hard stuff that's just gone down in your life. And you are saying, why, God, why? Where are you? And I want to tell you today to get into his face and to say it to him. It's okay to say it to him. Say, why, God? And just wait. Take the time to wait on his presence, to fill you, to fill you up with strength, to fill you up with you need to persevere right now, to fill you with peace, to fill you with life. I want to speak some truth over you guys today. Is that okay? One thing that really helps with perseverance is truth. Holy Spirit, and if you're some lies coming up against you, you know, often when you're in a hard place, there's a lot of lies you'll start to hear. And it's really helpful if you're not hearing, if you're not sure what to do, to go to the Word and be like, what does God say about me? Because it's good. So I'm going to speak to some things. And you guys, if you want to close your eyes and just let the truth sink into your hearts right now, you can. But I just want to take a moment for you guys to just listen and let the truth of God sink into your heart. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would be the wings to these words to sink into every heart right now. Your life is meaningful and purposeful. The enemy tries to tell you your life is meaningless, but God's word says otherwise. He says that there is a hope and a future for you. Hope is his promise, and he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain. Pain does not last. It often feels like this pain might keep going. But Jesus promises, God promises, weeping may last for the night. But rejoicing comes in the morning. That's his promise. God hears you. Sometimes he feels distant or far from our lives. But the word says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Jesus understands you. He is your high priest who has suffered every suffering you have. You are not alone, no matter how you feel, he is with you. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, not even your feelings. 
Our promise is now, but also lies ahead. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though out, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light, for our life and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And the God of grace who called you into his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That's his promise to you. He will strengthen you. He will make you firm. He will make you steadfast. Holy Spirit, come right now into every heart, into every situation right now. Come. I'm going to ask you guys to do something. I want you guys to ask God for a word, one word to focus on. I want you to ask him, what word do you give to me? A word to help you persevere, a word to meditate on from the Holy Spirit. So just ask him right now. God, I pray you would give each person in this room a word from you. When you have that word, I want you to write it down. If you have a phone, put it in your phone. I want you to write that word down. That's from him to you. If we're going to persevere, if we're going to finish well, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his comfort. We need his grace. We need his love. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. If you guys, any of you want some of the verses I read out, you can come to me. I didn't want to read out all the verses, <laughs> where they're from, and I can give them to you if you want them to meditate on for yourself. Can you guys just put your hand on your heart for me? And if you guys could just agree with me in this prayer. God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Help me to run to you. Help me to wait on you when times are tough and when times are good. I need your strength for my strength is not enough. I can't do it on my own. I trust you when you say you love me. I trust you when you say you have your, the best intentions for me, for my life. 